Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Water. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our life. The title of this message is Don't Take Aspirin If You Don't Have a Headache. This is a multi-episode series in which this is episode two of two. Now, after message number one, I expect that some of you probably took some aspirin. That wasn't my intention. Let's see if we can get through this one a little straighter, huh? So do you put a Band-Aid on, on your uninjured self? Do you see the messages of God are like that? If you need to hear from God, then he uses us, anyone and sometimes anything, as one option to communicate with us. If this message offends you, then look into your heart to see if God isn't speaking to an issue in your life, or equally important, your church and our ministry. Criticizing the chef for a meal that you asked him to prepare for you the way you wanted it prepared is ludicrous. If you are praying and talking to God and asking him to address something in your life, then look for the right prescription and leave the rest. You wouldn't throw out all of your meds because you currently don't need but a few of them, would you? Attacking something you don't need or that you are not in a position to receive the revelation of what it means due to your maturity level is a bit strange and off-putting. Let's encourage one another and do the work God has appointed to us to do. We really don't have time for anything else but to fulfill God's purpose for our lives. Now don't swing your skateboard at a fellow skater. I'm telling you, we are missing the mark. I have been in ministry for a minute or two, and wow, how the sheep scatter at the beckoning request for them to fulfill their calling, purpose, and ministry. The excuses fall like lucky charms from a box. Look. The devil is a spy and has worked it out how he can plant his kids on our churches to all but shut down anything that can move us forward. I am just so tired of going into a service today only to leave unsatisfied, unfed, disenchanted, and wondering how they got there from here. The entire circus would be laughable if it weren't so serious of an infraction. Since when did we stop needing the warnings from Papa to get back on course? He moved Israel all over the planet to show them he was serious about them serving him or else. How are we any different? Is America different than the Old Testament Israel? Jesus didn't do away with the past, he fulfilled it. He is coming back to judge our performance as his bride. Right now we look like a discombobulated harem. The bride makes herself ready according to Revelations 19.7. Now let's look at Matthew 7.13.14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is a gate and broad is a way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way in which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Now look, there were ten virgins. Five of them made it to the spaceship, and five of them ran out of oil, so they went back into town to buy some. By the time they got to the spaceship, knocked on the door, Jesus told them a truth, That had to have been shocking. I'm sorry, who are you? I don't know you. That's half of the people that were slated to go on the spaceship. That's half. If that number applied to the church today, and I don't think it's accurate, I think there's even less than half who are actually ready to go on the spaceship. There are few who find it. That's what Matthew says. There are few who find it. Okay, so it's important to get supporting scripture on such a strong word, right? Let's see what Luke says. Maybe he's having a better day. 1324. 
Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Now those other five virgins were trying to get on the spaceship. They were believers. This is important to catch. They were actually trying to get in, but they were not able. I don't know, to me, I just want to make sure that I'm not one of those five trying to get in, and when that day comes, I won't be able. Everything I've done into my life up to that point will have been a complete waste of time if I'm not ready to enter onto that ship, which means if I don't know God. This whole life is about learning who God is and what he's done for us and how we live for him. It's all about knowing God. It's a relational God. It is not a religious God. It is not a religious relationship. It is a heart relationship. It is a love relationship. It is a service relationship. Perhaps, just perhaps we are seeing this in manifestation today. Maybe there are so many seeking to enter into the kingdom of God their way that our churches are full of them now. I mean, think about it strategically. There was this thing called a Trojan horse, which a whole bunch of people got inside. They rolled up inside of a city and took the city down. It's not a new concept. What's strange is that we're inviting the Trojan horse in just like they are. The Trojan horse representing those who are possessed, those who have no intention of being saved, those who are the seed of Satan. We invite them into our city so they can take it apart from the inside out. I saw this happen. That church is no more. It cannot be that this is the only church that was taken out this way. I've heard stories. I've heard stories where a pastor got up, walked out the door, and never to return. Tell me that wasn't the devil. How many of those people lost their faith? How many of those people backslid? You really have to go into a season to prepare so that you can recover from a season like that, from an event like that. And it's never just a single moment in time. There's a whole bunch of things that adds up to that point in time, which it finally comes apart. It's just like a war. There's all kinds of things happening up to the point of victory or loss. I've attended services that had clouds. Oh yes, they had clouds, but because they had no water, they left me thirsty. In today's world, we cry out for rain in its due season. And yet the ground groans at the clouds without water. Maybe this is it. Maybe we can't get better. Maybe the end is coming like a freight train and there's nothing we can do about it. Let the church sort itself out best it can as it watches the collapse of humanity and all that we comprise of. I mean, after all, who really knows what the end will look like, right? Are we at all to be startled by the thief in the night? Is no one paying attention? Do we sleep with our windows open? Not expecting a return in our lifetime? I hear people all the time saying, I hope Jesus returns in my lifetime. Are you sure you're ready for that? I mean, really, are you sure you're ready for that? Well, I'm a no one and a nobody. Trust me, I do not say this to draw from the wells of human sympathy. Absent of God and all things God, there is no point of existing, none. Who will I share my life history with on my deathbed? And for what purpose would it have been to have existed at all, if not for eternity, and hope that God will bring me in through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ? I believe we can delay his return for the lost sheep. I think we should. God is known to change his mind, and I think we should be of a mindset that we can delay the end. Proverbs 11.30 The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. 
Can't win souls when we have a list of infractions keeping us from being anything but effective. Can't do it. James 5, 19, 20. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. We have to take care of us, of each other, as much if not more than the fish that still remain in the sea. If all the nurses are unwell, the hospital cannot care for the sick. We don't need to take an aspirin. We need to amputate stuff. Anything not focusing on equipping the saints for the work of ministry and making disciples that remain should be eliminated from the house of God. We don't need it and can't use it until we got the foundation laid. The fivefold ministry, along with the spiritual gifts, should be in operation within each church body. No excuses. Oh yes, cast out all the excuses now, because they will fall out of your pocket when and if you get raptured. I have intentionally left a lot unaddressed. I have addressed many of the questions you might have in other messages. There, they can be addressed in a deeper manner. This message is only designed to blow the horn of trouble. You will have to call for your own ambulance. Well, that's it for today and for this series. Hopefully it didn't feel too much like a boxing match. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from them. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of light to shine through in people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in Deep Water.